This is the Reigning Everyday Devotional Podcast. This is the Reigning Everyday Devotional Podcast. Welcome to the Reigning Everyday Podcast Devotional. It's another beautiful um, week and it's indeed a great time to look into God's Word and pray God's Word into our life in this beautiful... I hope you all had a lovely weekend. I did. (laughs) You know, and um, this morning we'll continue with our study on who, on knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. And this morning we'll be reading from the book of John, chapters, chapter 14, verse 6. John, chapter 14, verse 6. All right, I'll read from the Amplified Version just to um, help simplify. Um, the verse okay all right john chapter 14 verse 6 and jesus said to him i am the only way to god i am the real truth and i am the real life no one comes to the father but through me now this is quite um um uh, how will i put it a resounding verse because of the emphasis that jesus made here three three peculiar emphases the first part he said i rather four peculiar emphases rather and i'll I'll show you those emphases in this verse the first part he said he said i am now the only person who used that word is god himself in the book of um, genesis when god revealed himself to moses when moses asked who should i tell the israelites sent me god the, uh, the lord god responded i am that i am and we all know that that person was jesus in his pre-incarnated form he said i am that i am i am who i am i am self-existent and here we can see jesus using that same term that i am the only way to god what a what a powerful statement i've always told a lot of people that there, there are only two things that can define jesus's statement is either his is um he is god as he has said he is or he's someone who is who has mental issues because some of the words that jesus used are just too powerful so if you don't believe in jesus you are simply denying the god in him because only a god can utter such statement that i am the only way to god and we know that jesus doesn't doesn't make words carelessly 
this he categorically has told us that he is the only way to god now let us see a little emphasis on this particular part let's go to the book of john chapter 1 verse 18 just for emphasis john chapter 1 verse 18 i'll also read from the amplified version john chapter 1 verse 18 it says no one has seen god no one has seen his essence no one has seen his divine nature at any time the only one who have seen god is the only begotten son that is the unique son of god who is in the intimate presence of the father he has explained him and interpreted and revealed the awesome wonder of the father to us now that may look a little bit stretchy but let me read so let me read from the new living translation because that's quite you know straightforward it says no one has ever seen god but the unique one who himself is god is near to the father's heart and he has revealed god to us in other words jesus is the revelation of god to all humanity now let us know that before jesus came to the world there's been a lot of quest on man trying to connect with god you know a lot of divination a lot of you know um um searches for mediums on how man can have a relationship with god or how man can discover um who god is but here is jesus telling us that you know what we don't have to go through all those stress he is the only way to god and what does that mean that jesus is the only way to god it simply speaks of the fact that jesus is the mediator and that is what I want to hold this morning. Jesus is the mediator between you and God. Who is a mediator? A mediator is an arbitrator. Is someone who stands as a guarantee. Is someone who stands and intervenes. Is a mediator is a restorer of peace. So when you are talking about Jesus, he is the one who restores peace between you and God. Without Jesus, you can't have peace with God. Romans 5.1 says that we have been justified by faith. Now we have peace with God. And the book of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 tells us that Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. So literally speaking, what Romans 5.1 is saying is that now we have been justified by the author and perfecter of our faith, who is Jesus, and now we have peace with God. Can I tell you something this morning, friends? God is not angry with you. God does not even have the capacity to be angry with you because Jesus is now your mediator. When God looks at you, he sees Jesus. When God looks at you, he doesn't see your flaws. He doesn't see your cares. He doesn't see your worries. He doesn't see you the way you are. He doesn't see your weakness. What God sees in you is the perfectedness that Jesus has. When he looks at you, he sees Jesus. Although when Jesus looks at you, he sees you. You know, he sees himself in you. He sees your weakness, your cares, your worries and trials. Because Jesus is a human being. So he feels what he feels. He understands what you, what you go through. He knows your emotional state and stuff like that. But when God sees you, God sees a perfect being in you. And Jesus is the only one who can give us such level of mediation. He is the mediator between man and God. He is the one who stands between man and God to restore peace, to restore a new covenant. No wonder the Bible says that we now have a new covenant in Jesus Christ that is predicated on better promises, better testimonies. Amen. So this point, I want you to know clearly that Jesus is the only way. So stop filling your head with 
numerous thoughts <laughs> on how to access God. And stop getting so worked up on you being imperfect and thinking that your imperfectness is a limitation to accessing God. No. Your ability to speak to God, to pray to God, to talk to God is not based on whether you are perfect or not. It's not predicated on your works. It is predicated on Jesus. And as long as you are a believer in Christ, you have the access to God through Christ Jesus. Jesus has given you that access because he is now your mediator. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Now, the next part says that he is the truth. What does that mean? Mankind has always been in the chase to know who God is. They want to understand God. They want something that gives them the feeling of God. So people go in through, in through divinations. They study plants and animals. There are some people that believe that trees are God. Some people believe that oceans are God. Some other cultures believe that animals and cows and goats are God. Some other believe in graven images. You know, everyone just has this quest to access God. But here is Jesus saying in a very simplifying term that I am the truth. What a beautiful statement. What an easy statement that we can all just look at Jesus and see God. Wow. <laughs> just look at Jesus and you can see the totality of God. Jesus is the express image of God. He is the one who represents the full identity of God. The Bible speaking in the book of um, 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 Hebrews chapter 1. It says that in the Old Testament, God spoke to us through priests, to prophets rather. But, in the, but at this time, in the New Testament, God speaks to us directly through his son. So anyone who looks at Jesus has seen God. The revelation of the truth about God is seen in Jesus. Can I say that again? The revelation of the absolute truth about God is seen in Jesus. If you are not looking at Jesus and you are in quest for absolute truth, absolute truth about God, absolute truth about life, absolute truth about existence, if you are not looking at Jesus, then all you have is believing the babbles of men, the, the vain philosophies of men. If you want to know absolute truth about life, if you want to know absolute truth about existence, if you want to know absolute truth about your life, then you have to look at Jesus. Because Jesus represents absolute truth. Not my word. I didn't just say true. I said absolute truth. A level of truth without an iota of doubt or an iota of, of, of countering that level of truth. That's what he means. So Jesus has said that I am the truth. When you are in search of the knowledge of the Father, when you are in quest to know more about life, when you are searching about things that define existence, purpose, and every other thing they are looking for, look at me. Behold me. The moment you behold me, you have come into the reality of what absolute truth is. And the last part says, I am the life. What an amazing statement. Woo, I love this part. I love this part. You know what it means. You know what it means. Now, what this? Jesus said, I am the life, meaning he is the source of eternal life. <laughs> if you are a born again Christian and you are a believer in Christ Jesus, you have eternal life given to you. Now, eternal life is different from earthly life. 
on here right here on earth we have what we call the physical life that is the life that helps us to move the life that helps us to um, engage you know be productive and stuff like that but in heaven the kind of life that live in heaven is called eternal life now there is a perspective that has been preached to us a whole lot of time that eternal life is a um, spirit form of life that happens when you die you know and you know you go to heaven and you start living eternal life eternal life looks like a, a, a stretchy life a life that stretched from death till forever no 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 that's not what it means eternal life is the life that every host of heaven has angels have eternal life the 12 elders in heaven have eternal life the four creatures on the throne of god have eternal life that is the life just as we have physical life on earth they have eternal life in heaven eternal life is a model as a matter of fact the physical life on earth is modeled in in the image of the eternal life in heaven the bible says that god created man in his image and likeness as a matter of fact, man, earthly life or physical life was not meant to be time-bound. It was when Adam sinned that the physical life became time-bound because death was introduced into the human existence. What, was, what ought to happen was the model of eternal life that is life forever ought to be the same model of the physical life which is life forever. But Adam failed. But praise God that after the whole trials of the seven years of the Antichrist, we are going to come back to the same earth and live in this physical life in an eternal way. So the eternal life that you have is not some vague, fairy tale, spiritual, you know, thing. It's a real life. It's a life that is lived in heaven. Literally speaking now, if you go to heaven, they will grant you access to enter heaven because you have that life. Because the only way you can survive in heaven, the only way you can survive in God's presence is to have this particular life. And this life was given to us by Christ Jesus himself. John chapter 10 verse 10, Jesus speaking, he said, I have come to give them life and eternal life in abundance. The reason why people will go to hell or miss heaven is because they do not have the sustaining life that exists in heaven. Let me give you a very good example. If you are to relocate from Nigeria to United Kingdom, for instance, you need to go to the embassy, get your passport, get your visa, then probably get your stay, you know, card and everything like that. Those are the things that gives you access or grants you access to live in that place, whether it is UK or Canada or wherever you want to relocate to. Now, for you to um you, you can't just suddenly wake up in the morning and go to the airport and say you want to board a plane and travel to canada or something it's not possible you need to have the visa and your um and your passports you know all ready for you to access the flight that will take you to that new country now that visa that you obtain from the embassy is also synonymous to what we call eternal life eternal life is the visa that grants you access to heaven so if you are not born again there is nothing that god can do because you don't have that visa no matter how you go online and try to beg the prime minister of canada to let you in he cannot do anything unless you have the visa of canada to access that country and that is the same thing that happens and that is why we preach the gospel of christ that's why we encourage people to accept jesus so they can have this eternal passport which is called the eternal life so that on that day when the world comes to an end they have easy straightforward access to heaven but the good news is if you are listening to me this morning and you are a born again christian you have that eternal life and the predication of that eternal life is what is called the new creation being Friends, I want you to know this morning that you are not just an ordinary being. You are a new 
creation. You've never existed before. In God's scope of work, you don't have a past. A new creation being doesn't have a past because your past, present, and future is immersed in the reality of your identity in Christ Jesus. Who you are in Christ has become your past, your present, and future. So no matter what it is you've done in your past, forget it. They do not exist in you. The things you do in the present are now predicated on the realities of your identity in Christ. So we can see these three phenomenal truths that Jesus has given to us here. He is the eternal way, he is the eternal truth, and he is the eternal life to God. What a beautiful opportunity. And, and guess what? God did not ask for our kidneys or intestine or head or something for us to access this. He gave us a very simple path to accessing this reality. Whosoever believes shall not perish. What a beautiful statement. Wow. Whosoever believes shall not perish. The word not there, according to the Greek word, means impossible. Means it can never happen. It is absolutely impossible for that thing to happen. So what God is saying there, what Jesus is saying there in that verse in John 3, 16, is that whosoever believes in me, it is impossible for you to perish. And this is the premise of our prayer this morning. So we're literally going to go into an atmosphere of worship with our mouth this morning. Because sometimes we take these words for granted. Many Christians, we take these revelations for granted. Do you know what it means for you to have eternal life? Eternal life is the God life. It is the life that exists in God himself. And the Bible says that Jesus, through Jesus, you have been granted that life. Do you know how, how mighty that is? Because sometimes we forget so quick that these things don't come easy. Salvation was not cheap. Jesus paid a great price for our salvation. He died on the cross. He was beaten. He was stripped naked. He was spat at. He was embarrassed. He was disgraced. He went through every form of humiliation so we can have access to this life. Friends, we are in a very solemn session this morning i know we've prayed we do a lot of prayers to energize our spirit but sometimes we just need to pray some gentle prayers that just reminds us of the realities that we have in christ jesus so wherever you are this morning listening to me i just want to begin to worship god and thank him for the gift of eternal life from the depth of your heart i just wanted to thank god David said, who art man that you are mindful of him? I mean, who is man that God will grant us this level of blessings? Eternal life? And he only gave it to us for free as a gift? We don't have to do anything extraordinary to have eternal life. All we have to do is just believe. Wow, what, what, an opportunity, what, a, what a great eternal privilege it is. So this morning, I wanted to remind God that you are grateful. I wanted to put away all your cares and worries and fears and challenges, whatever it is you are battling with. Just put those thoughts somewhere. Just, just keep them somewhere. And I wanted to focus your mind in thanksgiving and begin to thank God this morning. Like, Lord, thank, me, thank you for showing me that you are the truth. Thank you for revealing to me that you are the life. Thank you for showing me that you are the way to God, for revealing to me 
me that you are the way to God. Thank you for the privilege of being called a Christian. Thank you for the privilege of being called a disciple of Christ. Thank you for the privilege of being given the gift of eternal life. Lord, there is nothing that I would trade for this reality. There is nothing that would trade for this truth because you have given me this blessing. You have, you have, you have put me in a position where I am eternally grateful. The gift of eternal life that you are giving to me, Lord, I am grateful. I have come to say thank you. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me on the cross. Thank you for, for, for putting your life in line for a sinful me. I mean, the Bible has made me to understand that even while I was a sinner, Jesus, you died for me. You prayed, you paid the ultimate price for me. Wow. I just want to thank God this morning. Picture how Jesus died in your mind and just send your words of gratitude to him. Because there is nothing we will have done if Jesus didn't die for our sins. There is nothing. What, 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 what would we have done? There is nothing we would have done. But Jesus decided to pay the ultimate price. He sacrificed himself for us. Just thank him this morning. Thank him for the gift of salvation. Thank him for the gift of forgiveness of sin. Thank him for the gift of redemption. Thank him for the gift of eternal life. That you are standing here today and knowing that even if the world comes to an end today, your life is secured in Christ Jesus. It's such a great and eternal privilege. This morning, Father, we are not taking those things for granted. We are not unmindful of the price that Jesus paid so we can have access to this truth. We can ask, have access to eternal life. We can have access to your identity. And that is not all. That is not all. God still gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Wow. Jesus didn't just die for us. He resurrected to give us eternal life. And it didn't end there. He also gave us the gift of the, of the Holy Spirit. All this for just believing in Christ Jesus. What a great privilege. I want to just thank God this morning. Father, thank you. Thank you for giving me the gift of eternal life. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Many of us have not thanked the Holy Spirit in a very long time in our lives. We've not thanked the Holy Spirit in a very long time. But I wanted to spend some couple of minutes this morning just thanking the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, thank you for your counsel. Thank you for your love. Thank you because even in my days of, of, of being troubled at heart, you are always there to speak to me. Even in days where I'm being troubled and going through trials and challenges, Holy Spirit, you are always there to speak to my heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for always being there with me. Thank you for your eternal gift. Thank God for sealing you with the seal of the Holy Spirit. Because you know that every day as you live on earth, you have a counselor, you have a mediator, you have someone who advocates for you in the person of Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the presence of Christ in you who is the Holy Spirit. Thank him. Thank him for the gift of wisdom, the gift of revelational knowledge, the gift of the word of the Spirit. Thank him for the gift of prophecy that God has given you access into. Thank him this morning. Many times we Christians are so carried away with our needs and our wants and we forget praying such simple prayer of thanksgiving. The greatest level of thanksgiving that we should give to God every time is the thanksgiving for his gift of redemption, his gift of righteousness. The Bible says that in Christ Jesus we have been made righteous. Jesus has become for us our righteousness in God. Now what that simply means is that we have a right standing with God. All our sins have been cleansed up. The sins of the past, present and future, our sins 
sins have been cleansed up and now we can come boldly to God's throne of grace. What a great privilege. What a great privilege, friends. This morning, I want to just thank God. Just pour out your heart to God. The only time we remember to pray such prayer is during Easter. But I want us to remember this prayer regularly. It is not something that we just remember once in a year. No, it is something that we ought to remember every given time. Because this is the foundation of our Christian life. We won't be standing here today calling ourselves new creation if Jesus hadn't died to forgive our sins and if he hadn't resurrected to give us eternal life and if he hadn't had ascended to heaven to request that God gives us the Holy Spirit, there is no way that we'll have been called new creations. But here we are being called the ones that have been created by God. Here we are knowing that we have the fullness of God's glory. What a humble privilege. What a humble privilege. I want you to just go down in your heart this morning and just thank God for this privilege. Thank him for the gift of eternal life. This prayer looks like it's not important, but hey, 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 friends, it is the most important prayer that any believer can pray. The most important, the most important prayer. It is way important than what you need in your job or your business or your career or your life or your health. It is way important. Knowing that God has granted you eternal life as a gift is way important. And this morning, all we want to do is just to return all thanks to God from the depth of our heart. Thank God knowing that your life eternally has been secured. Thank Him for the gift of eternal life. The book of Ephesians 3 verse 1, but 1 verse 3 rather, says that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. This will not be made possible if we do not have the gift of eternal life. So this morning, just thank God. Thank Him for giving you the gift of eternal life. Thank you for the access you have into this thing called eternal life. The God-like life, the kind of life that God has. The life that God lives in heaven heaven is called the eternal life and this is the exact life you have now as a believer so i want to just thank god this morning thank him from the depth of your heart let the words flow from spirit all the way to heaven let it flow from your spirit man Father, we thank you for the gift of eternal life. We thank you for the gift of eternal life. We thank you for the gift of eternal life. We thank you for the gift of redemption. We thank you for the gift of forgiveness of sin. We thank you for the gift of life in Christ Jesus. We thank you for the access you have given to us that we know that every time we can come boldly to your throne of grace. Lord, we thank you. From the depth of our heart, we say thank you, Jesus. We say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for us. We are eternal grateful we are eternally grateful Lord Jesus we are eternally grateful Lord Jesus we are eternally grateful thank you for the gift of your redemption thank you for dying for us on the cross thank you for shedding your blood upon our lives on the cross father we glorify you we exalt your grandiousness we thank you for your awesome love your eternal love we thank you because we know that as we live each day we'll continually remain conscious of this reality Father, we give you all the praise. We exalt your majesty. Be glorified in our lives now and forever. In the name of Jesus. This is the Reigning Everyday Devotional Podcast.
This is the Reigning Everyday Devotional Podcast.